You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Hello again, everyone. This is Doug Thorpe, and you're listening to another episode of Leadership Powered by Common Sense. We're the show where we try to take your ideas for leading a business or leading a team, break them down into some bite-sized chunks that might make better common sense. And I've got a guy today that's going to visit with us, and uh, he and I have had a, a whale of a time uh, getting to know each other and enjoying our, our time together. He is uh, likewise a business coach, and we're going to talk about some of his journey and his background. His name is Danny Creed. Danny, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Doug. I'm so excited to be here. This I always love uh, doing this, especially with someone that uh, has a reputation like you do with the show. So thank you. Well, I, I'm going to tell folks, uh, and I want to encourage you, I know you're probably listening to this on your favorite streaming service, but as you know, we've got a video version of this over on YouTube. Uh, Danny has a collection of microphones in a prior life. He uh, uh, he was heavily involved in radio and some other things, and uh, he began collecting antique and significant microphones and everyone has a story and uh, he's got a great display behind him. So it's it's interesting to be sitting at a microphone and talking to a guy like Danny. It's like, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no pressure, no intimidation. No pressure. No. So tell us a little of that backstory, Danny, before we dive into the details on business. Well, look, uh, I always I always laugh about it, but it's true. I was raised on a farm in southern Kansas. I uh, always knew I wasn't supposed to be there. Nothing wrong with it. My family's been there for 137 years. And uh, I walked off the farm into a radio station when I was still in my teens, spent 20 years doing broadcast and really learned the foundation of business there because on a day I, I sold, I was on air, but I also sold uh, more advertising, a lot of marketing. In a single day, I'd make sales calls on a Cadillac dealership, a lumber yard, a uh, ladies' dress shop, a funeral parlor. So I really learned about business. And more importantly, I learned about marketing and how it ties to business and uh, ended up working with some of the biggest radio stations in America and working with advertising agencies in New York and Chicago. And and uh, uh, I uh, had an opportunity in the late 80s to uh, go with, to go to work at a entrepreneurial startup. And back then, as I told you, we didn't even know how to spell entrepreneur. And uh, and as it turned out, we did really, really well with our first startup. And uh, it we created a couple of products that are still available today, 30, 40 years later, they really kind of changed the world. And, and from that, my taste was like, it was like a drug, you know, it just, I, this is great. I mean, it's exciting, it's risky. I mean, what am I explaining here? What am I defining? Business, entrepreneurship. I mean, it was exciting. It was thrilling. It was hard work. It was long work. But I just enjoyed the heck out of it. And in that, long story short, I went from that startup to 15 startups later. Uh, that's why I don't have any hair. Uh, we ended <laughs> up doing 15 startups. And the last one, and I did small bootstrap startups. I did well-funded startups. And I did a couple for large companies that considered themselves entrepreneurial. And uh, one of those was uh, I, I I worked with the Oracle Corporation. We did a startup in the military health division. 
in Washington, D.C., and it was pure startup. It was we wanted to go into a certain field and they needed somebody who knew street fighting entrepreneurship. And so I fit that I fit that uh, bill. And, and while I was there, I met a number of admirals and generals that I worked with. I worked at the Pentagon a lot. And one of those is was a very influential man. And he pulled me over and, and he said, you know, there's a new industry out there called business coaching. And I'd like you to look at it because my background of sales and entrepreneurship and everything fit right into that. And again, long story short, I I studied it for three years and finally decided to make the leap. And one of my mentors over the years was the famous Brian Tracy. And uh, I called Brian and he was putting together, uh, forming a, a business coaching organization so that he could protect his intellectual property, but also so he could put qualified people out there. You know, Doug, as you well know, it seems like everybody and their uncle wants to call themselves a coach. And, and people are putting their businesses in the hands of people that they never ask if they're qualified or not. I mean, if you go in for a heart, you know, a, a you know, a triple bypass heart surgery, you're going to ask, are you qualified to do it? I mean, you don't want, you, you want the number one cardiothoracic surgeon in America versus a guy who goes, well, I've got YouTube up and I think I can get this done, you know, and I just don't get businesses putting their their selves, their lives into the hands of somebody they don't question. So that became very important. So I became a certified master business coach uh, using the resources of, of people like Brian Tracy and some of the other uh, famous coaches and business development people that I knew in, in personal development. And one thing led to another. I've, I've been in coaching now 16 years. Uh, I, I focus on street, what I call street fighting, hard nose, get it done, business coach. I don't use any manuals or uh, or references. I mean, it's all based on experiences and and successes and failures. It's all based on books I've read. It's all based on the people I've met and all the people I've worked with. And uh, so I've got a pretty good idea of if you want to get it done and want to grow your business or grow personally, I know how to do that. You know, if you just want somebody to be a yes man for you, I'm not that guy. Yeah. So it's yeah. let's figure it out and get it done. Yeah, it, it is uh, such a critical point that you raise that, you know, for the person that's out there, male or female, that has committed to starting and running a business, likely you are you went into it with not a lot of business acumen not a lot of business experience you went into it because you had a great idea or you had a great opportunity in front of you and you you got into it you got busy you created some success and next thing you know you have a real enterprise that needs some tender loving care of a pure business kind to continue the success and continue the growth. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck. They just by chance or choice or, or, or just dumb luck, they, they get up to a certain level 
and it's okay. Everything's rocking along and you're, you're paying your bills. You're keeping the lights on. Customers are happy. And all of a sudden you feel the pressure that there might be more opportunity out there. There might be a bigger market, an expanded market. And especially now with a lot of the technological opportunities we've got, you can really expand a business. And, and I'm talking, even if you're in a, a pretty, you know, hard nosed boots on the ground kind of business. I, yeah. as, as I shared with you, Danny, I've done a lot of work lately with home services businesses and those are boots on the ground. I mean, those are the guys and gals in the trucks going out and to the job sites or to the homes. And, um, but even those can be expanded geographically and territorially uh, through a lot of the wonders of the social media and opportunities that are out there. So finding a coach that knows a little bit about those things yeah. that can bring some real value changing ideas, show you new ways of doing things, new ways of thinking is, is really high value. What do you think? I just did my little sermonette on the subject, but what do you think some of the typical challenges are that you run into when you meet a, a business owner for the first time? Well, it's a lot of what you described. There's three or four things uh, that I always ask for. First, that I that I I deal with because uh, I've dealt a lot with the last four years, but is mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I believe there's two types of mindsets. And one, I mean, this is very street level, but and again, let me uh, share with your listeners that uh, and viewers that that I've worked with uh, currently. You know, I've worked with a, a twenty billion dollar company, and I work with a graphic artist in New York City. I mean, I I don't care who they are if I can help them, and they have the right elements in my checklist. I'll work with them. You know, and uh, the first first is mindset, and the there's two kinds of mindset. First is a mindset of survival. And I can always ask, how you doing, Doug? And I hear, if I hear, I'm okay, just getting by, trying to make ends meet, I know I can help them a lot, maybe. <laughs> you know, the second mindset is what I call possibility mindset. And that's where no matter what's going on, they're, they're, they're always looking for the opportunity. Now, I'm, I'm proud to say during 2020, 21, and 22, the you know, arguably the three worst years in, in American business history with COVID and everything, I had 100% of my clients had growth. And I attribute that to our meetings every week. I meet with clients every week. And when I meet with them, the first thing we talk about is where's your head at today? And if the possibility or the possibility is, well, you know, we're looking for things, I see things, the the uh, survival is is simply where they're going, well, you know, I don't know what what if the government should topple? What if COVID kills us all? What if, what if? And, and I just don't allow clients to think about the what ifs in life in the world. We have to think about the what is. And what is is what we can control. You know, what we can control, we can then we can dominate because keep in mind, if you capture that mindset, most of your competition is going to be in a survival mode anyway. 
So you have the opportunity if you're willing to put the effort in to maintain that positive possibility mindset, you're going to see opportunities. I work with a small shoe store chain and they were told to close their doors. and I wouldn't let them. I said, let's figure it out because your customers, no matter what's going on in the world, are still going to need protective footwear, right? Yeah. So we figured out a way to sell boots through the door, you know, and they became the top three stores in America in their chain line in 2021. You know, so it's it's about managing the what is, what can I control? So mindset is a big, big deal. And if that means shutting off your TV, do it. If that means changing your, your friends, do it. Because some people will sit around and all they do is gripe and moan and, oh, my gosh, look at this. What if? What? You know, and I just won't allow it, you know, if I'm working with them. And that's one of the requisites. I'm going to be kind of hard-nosed on some of that stuff. Uh, the second big thing, I think, is, is discipline. And discipline is uh, one of the best definitions of discipline I've ever heard. And I, I teach it is a goodbye guy named Albert Hubbard. And he said, Discipline is doing what you need to do when you need to do it, whether you want to or not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. What, what does that include? Well, discipline is doing a daily planner, trying to plan what you're going to do for the day, doing priority management. I never use the word time management. Time management is archaic, and that's a whole other subject. Time management is trying to do everything you think you need to do. I teach priority management, which is let's identify the highest priority, highest consequence task and then manage the time around doing those things. And so it takes a discipline to do that. It takes a discipline to understand what you're best at, at your business, and not do all get sucked into all the other things. I see that every day, Doug. You know, I had a guy the other day who was just, oh my gosh, you know, I just don't know what's going on. I'm losing track of everything. I, I just, I said, look, if you if you could, and I know it's ridiculous, but if you could do one thing, what's the number one thing you could do for your business that only you could do that would have the greatest impact? He goes, sell. I go, okay, how much of your time do you spend selling? 20%. What do you do the rest of the time? Oh, I'm taking care of bookkeeping and I'm keeping these people in line and I'm getting the mail and I'm doing, okay, okay, okay. If you could flip that, 80% selling 20%, what could that mean to your business? Millions. I think we just defined the next six months of our coaching. We're going to figure out why you won't focus on priorities and I'm going to teach you a system to prioritize. So it, it's it's the discipline to get up every day and not be swayed by anything, but no, I've got this vision. So the third thing is vision. I'm telling you that most of the business people I work with, the, the, the big executives to the startup guys, for whatever reasons, they've lost the ability to dream. They've lost the ability to dream out there. Uh, sometimes it's because their whole life has been spent achieving a goal for someone else, the people they work with or something. And that was their only goal. They didn't have a personal goal. They didn't have a family goal. They didn't have those. So you have to have a vision. And a vision is nothing more than a dream. And a lot of people just had the dream kicked out of them. 
But I'm telling you, one of the great things that we can do, if, if they'll allow me to work with them and allow me to teach them how to dream again, then everything starts changing. And the fourth big thing, I think, uh, is that one of, one of my mentors, Brian Tracy, told me one time, he said, the reason why businesses go out, because the statistics are something like 92% of all businesses will be broken five years or less that start today. And the number one reason is, as he said, they don't give themselves options. They come in, as you said, and just, just and they don't have a plan B, a plan C. Because I'm telling you today, I make people plan B's, C's, and D's if we can. Because that's the key to entrepreneurship. Not being saying, stop, something screwed up. Let's form a committee and see who to point fingers at. No, what they're a good entrepreneurial business will go stop. What happened? Why did it happen? How'll never happen again? We've learned something. Let's move forward. Pew, 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 pew. They're constantly moving forward. Right. <clears throat> it's that flexibility. You know, I, I want to talk a little bit about your vision statement there. The um, please, please. phenomenon that I've experienced when I work with the larger corporate executives. And and I'm not talking about top of the house CEOs. I'm talking about that L2 and L3 levels. <clears throat> I will often ask them the question, what's your vision? And they go, huh? Yeah. And I'll say, no, your, your vision, you, you have a, a department, you have a domain inside this bigger company. What's your vision for that domain? What, what are you going to accomplish? Well, I, I'm waiting on the C-suite to tell me what I'm supposed to do. It's like, oh, no, boy, do we have a lot to work on. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think there's great opportunity. And, and my point is, even in those bigger businesses where you think there's all this structure and framework, I think the leaders at all levels need to never lose sight of their own idea of a vision on how they and their team can contribute to that greater good. And you got to make it personal. I mean, you, you have to say, all right, folks, we're going to rally around this idea here. Here's where we're going to go. <clears throat> Do you have to get that idea aligned with those above you? Sure. You know, but, but you can, you can evangelize your idea and, and you can get alignment. You can get consensus and you can move it forward, but someone who gets promoted up to those levels and has lost that ability to dream and have a vision, I argue, has no real purpose. They're just burning daylight. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I, I, I talk a lot about one of the techniques that the great CEO Jack Welsh used to use, General Electric. You know, he, uh, he had a technique that I've heard copied many times and people didn't know where it came from. But if, if you're an executive that worked for him and he, and he came to your office and said, I, I have this problem, what do I do? He would say, what's your solution? And if they didn't have an answer, he'd say, I have an answer, but go back to your office and don't come back until you have a solution to share with me. Then I'll share you with mine and we'll come up with something. <clears throat> the fact right. is, if a boss, if, if the leader if the boss, I do a lot of leadership training too, because that's getting to be a lost art, you know, particularly with what's happened with technology and everything, how that's affected leadership. But 
the, the fact is, if you tell people what to do all the time, you're not teaching them anything. You're not building your staff. You're not, you're, you're not building people who can think on their own and future dreamers and future leaders, people that will take your job so you can move up. You know, I, I work with a gentleman right now, and that was his issue. I, our first meeting, I said, what's your biggest issue? And he goes, well, everybody comes to me and wants me to tell them what to do. And I just got so frustrated, I now just tell them what to do. I said, how's, how's that affected? How's that worked out? It has. I can't do anything, but I, I've got a bunch of a bunch of yes guys that don't. All they do is what I tell them to do. They can't think on their own. I go, well, what's that good for the future of your company? Not good. So we've got to figure out a way to transition it. And part of that is just saying, what do you think ought to happen? Take the time to do it. Because you're also well, wasting the intellectual property of, of your employees. By doing that, you're saying you're stupid. You know, but if you say, you know, I think you're smart. I think you've got some solutions. I want to hear them. So yeah, I, go back, come funny, back. Funny you bring that up. I, I was in a coaching call right before we started this recording, and uh, my client, we were talking about that. And I said, when your direct reports bring you a problem, what do you do? And he said, well, you know, we talk a little bit, and then I give them an answer because that's what they're looking for. And I'm going, no. I said, I'm going to give you a, 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 an idea. I want you to make it a point for the next month when your guys bring you a problem, I want you to start by asking them a minimum of three questions. Excellent. Ask them something about the matter. And I said, what you're going to find is that your inspiration for questions are going to come from the waterfall logic that you've developed about the business and about the work. You've got experience. You see a problem. You plug it in, and you start going through this logic sequence to say, ah, here's the answer over here. It's those kind of questions relative to your logic sequence you need to start imparting to your guys. And the more that they pick up on how to do that thought process, A, they're going to realize they already know the answer. They're just somehow not comfortable in running with it, and you can work on that. B, they're going to learn the logic and realize that, oh, okay, I, I can put that together. I can go from A to B to C. I got to get this. And you might argue that I don't have time to do that kind of sequence all the time. Well, guess what? You're going to keep repeating it if you don't invest a moment to impart that logic. And when you do that, they will be able to solve it for themselves the next time, and they won't even bother you with it. So that time will go off of your calendar in the future. Guess what happens when you do that? <clears throat> It makes his life, it makes his job easier. Right. That's right. It makes your job easier. Yeah. I I offered that to a gentleman and he goes, I mean, they just don't think about it because we get in this rut. We get in this survival mode, you know, just so busy. I, I think you're right on. So that's good advice. Yeah. Well, and I also want to go back to one of the early points you made about the mindset, because I, too, am a big advocate of that. And my clients will tell you that we spend a lot of time talking about mindset. I'm an old 
real estate banker, and I use the phrase, the, the most valuable piece of real estate you'll ever own is the six inches between your ears. And if you can't manage that piece of property yeah. for, for good productivity, you, you are going to have ongoing repetitive problems. But um, I, I think it is that mindset, and I famously or infamously point to a client I had one time, a, a small business owner called me, and he was a multi-million dollar deal, but he wanted some help. And so I sat down with him and I asked him, I said, what's the vision for your business? And he said, I don't want to lose money. I went, what? <laughs> I went, wait, wait, what? <laughs> he said, I don't want to lose money. And I said, well, I think that's a given. So seriously, what, what's your vision? Where do you want to take this thing? I don't know. I, I, I just want to be sure I'm, I don't lose any money. And so it's, it, you know, you don't win games with defense. Well, let extend that idea. I, I had a guy I wrote, uh, I've written a number of books and one of the books I tell the story without a vision, you don't, you can't develop goals. Because goals are just the vision on paper, right? Right. And, uh, and, and with, without goals, you don't have a, a, a roadmap to, to follow. Then it's just, you know, pulling it out of your back pocket, you know, and based on, based on what you're saying, I, I agree completely. I mean, you have to have that. You have to have some sort of vision to be able to establish goals. Now, let me also kind of probably freak out because most of your audience probably hadn't heard this, but I know I, I know the numbers. Uh, there's a lot of goal setting software and things out there. And a lot of it's very simple in the old school ways. Come up with your top 10 goals, then 100 things to do to make each of them happen. Well, that's very, very archaic. It's gone the way of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. You know, that 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 the fact is they're just trying to get you to do something. But the fact is that 70% uh, of all of society has no goals at all. 28% says they have goals, but they're not written. 2% of our society, some people will say 1%, but 2% 2, 2 of our society has a written goal. And if you look at the research from a group called Oxfam over in Europe that, that monitors money and where it goes, they will say that 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 2% of the world controls 98% of all the, the wealth. So if you try to put those together in any way, it says do written goals and you're going to be more successful. Yeah. You know, because nobody else has them. Nobody has that vision. And every successful entrepreneur or businessman I've ever met has written goals. And if they don't, I'm going to walk them through. It's about a six-week uh, uh, project, and but it's it's hard. And we get down and get absolute clarity, which comes back to vision. Most people, if they do have a vision, it's not clear. It's like, I want to be rich. Well, what does that mean? You know, what, what, what does it mean? I had a guy, I was getting ready to tell a story. When I, I, it's in one of my books that I asked him, I said, do you have goals? And he goes, oh, yeah, I've got goals. I've got a goal I think about all the time. And I won't go through the diatribe, but he goes, oh, when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about it. I have breakfast, I'm thinking about it. I'm driving to work, 
and on and on and on. And I go, okay, okay, okay. What's that goal? You got to tell me I'm intrigued. He goes, my goal is go to work every day and break even. Well, wow. I, I swear that's what he said. <clears throat> I went, what? Because my goal is to break even. So is that survival mindset or is yeah. that stability mindset? How can you own a business and go to work every day with the goal of breaking even? That's why if you do some of these things, I'm a big, and I won't even get into this sermon, but I'm a big believer that success, really big success, is really easy if you apply right mindset, you apply the right disciplines, and you and you work at it. And you work it. That's the other reason I think people don't make it today is they're not willing to work. It's harder than they thought. Well, I agree with you. And what, what we're saying is, I, I like the word be intentional. And it goes back to what you said about setting an, a goal and an objective for the day. You know, you're you're prioritizing your things. Be intentional about how you want to use your time. And I often get into discussions with clients about the whole idea of we all share the exact same thing in our lives. Uh, two things we share in our lives. We breathe air and we have the same number of seconds in the day. And the question is, how are you going to use both? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, that is. And, and you compare people that are high achievers, and I don't care who you want to pick to, love him or hate him, you know, think about a guy like Elon Musk. Well, how does he have so many plates spinning? Well, he's intentional with where he goes and what he gets involved with day by day. Well, I, I'll share a quick story. I can't use the man's name because he's one of the five richest men in the world. But I had a chance to sit in his office one time and watch him work. And he has a deal. If you come in for a meeting and you sit down in front of him and you can't describe to him why you're there, in under five seconds, his secretary will come out and lead you out of the office. And when I first thought about that, I said, what a jerk. And then I realized, whoa, 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 whoa. No, this guy's got priorities. He understands what they are. And he doesn't have time to talk about the baseball game or boating or fishing. He doesn't have to, or golf game, get to the point because my time is valuable. Right. And that applies to whether you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur or an executive or running a big business. How valuable is your time? I have an exercise where there's a formula where you can actually uh, know, you can actually work it out what your time is worth on a 24-hour day basis, uh, what your time is, is worth based upon your vision and your goals. Yeah. So then you yeah. take that number and you go, <clears throat> well, my time's worth $200 an hour. Uh, on a 24-hour day basis, so is this a $200 task or is this a $15 task? Similar to, to that executive you're talking about, uh, I, there was a bank leader I worked for, and he had a he actually had a little placard on the outside of his door. <laughs> it said, "Be brief, be bright, be gone." <laughs> yeah, or be gone. That's right. I'm I'm with you on that. But it, it was brilliant. And I thought about that all along, you know, and, and people took it for being, you know, elitist or whatever. But the guy was just protecting his time. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you look at a schedule of a guy who runs one of the top 
five companies in the world and his and what that responsibilities are tied to that, he doesn't have a minute to waste. Everything's right. planned. Even his downtime is planned. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah even his, his productivity. Absolutely. Well, I, I we're we're kind of coming up on our time here, Danny, and I, it's it's been great. I, I you know I wish, and we may do another episode. I think there's a lot packed in here. The um, the the last question I want to ask you is for for all the experiences you've had, is there one thing that you would advise? This business owner who has been at it a while and kind of feels like he's plateaued, he's kind of hit an invisible wall, can't seem to break through or get past to the next level. What What is your one big advice to them? Um, usually it's what we've already talked about is I'll, I'll argue and fight with them to get a vision. They've lost the vision. They don't know where they're going. And when that happens, Doug, they lose. One of some of my best success stories are when I've made people look at their numbers. They'll say, ah, yeah, I've got an account that does that. It's over here in the corner. I go, no, 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 no. I actually had a guy said, I'm not going to coach you unless you can handwrite in your numbers in this simple Excel spreadsheet I created. Handwrite in your numbers of what you sold this week compared to last week compared to last year. We're gonna lay that out, and it shocked him when I and I made him, and he'd get he'd sit there. I say I met him, made him. He he agreed to do that. He'd write it in every week, and he'd go, "Holy cow, I didn't know." They, they just lose sight of everything. They lose sight of that, you know. They get in this what if stuff. So it's the little things. It's the where's your mind at mindset. Get back to that. Learn learn the dream again. I've had people go back and I say, go write a business plan. Did you ever have a business plan? No. Write a business plan. I know most uh, investment angel investors and such won't even talk to you anymore unless you have a business plan in your hand. Whether they look at it or not, it doesn't make any difference. That's a roadmap, just like goals are. Go back and look at the basics. Uh, just real quick, I, I was taught by a couple of major players in the world this one thing, I believe as a business coach, as a master business coach, I can coach anybody in any market, anywhere in the world, in any economic condition. You know why? Because there are 13, to, we've identified 14 items that are standard, that are important to every business, whether you're a trillion dollar business or a guy doing a startup, the same things matter. The same things are key that you have to manage, and that's clarity, that's goals, that's priority management, that's uh, sales, there are found, that's uh, leadership, there are foundational elements, there are about 13 of them that apply to any business in the world. So I would tell a guy, you know, and I try to do this, let's go back to the basics, let's analyze how things are working and where we need to pour new concrete to shore up the footing. Uh, Zig Ziglar told me one time, he said, the similarities of a 40-story skyscraper in a three-bedroom house is without a solid foundation, they'd both fall over. So my simple answer to you is we'd go, I'd say, let's go back and see how we're doing foundationally in all 14 of those areas. Yeah. That's yeah. where we usually find the issues. That's where we usually find ways to grow that are simple. 
They don't require an app. They don't require you to spend millions of dollars. Many times the growth is very simple. I helped a company go from a million eight to 43 million in two and a half years. And the one thing we did was we sat back and foundationally we go, out of every 10 presentation you make, how many to sell? Three. They didn't know. They found out it's three. I said, what difference will it make if you sold five? Let's run the numbers. And it was like eight million the first year if we just went from three sales to five sales. So that's, we get better at sales. Yeah. What's your average sale? They didn't know. Well, it was 70,000 bucks. I said, so what's it going to be if we'd raise that to 75,000? How do we do that? It's that simple. We went from right under 2 million to 43 million. Yeah. Yeah. Foundationally, look at the basics and don't be afraid to look at the basics because we're going to uncover mistakes. We're going to uncover opportunities. Have Agreed. the nerve to do that. Yeah. Good words. Well, Danny, thank you. And tell folks the best way to get a hold of you if they're looking for more from you. Yes, thank you. The best way is just go to my website. It's www.mastercoachdan.com. And that'll have ways to, to send me an email uh, if you want to talk. Um, I always do a free coaching session. It's not a sales pitch. Just let's just sit down and talk. Let's understand your needs. See if there might be a fit. But maybe I can help you. If there isn't a fit, maybe I can help you anyway. But I always do that. And uh, that's the best way. Of course, I'm on uh I'm on LinkedIn, uh, pretty easy to find there. And, uh, but that's, that's the best, best way to do it. And uh, I'd love to talk to, talk to anybody. Dave. Right, right. Well, Danny, again, thank you so much for sitting in. And folks, we'll have that link and, and the others in the, the show notes here. Just uh, hop down and, and click on the link. You, you can get there. And as I alluded to earlier, we do have a video version of this over on YouTube, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Hop over there, uh, check out the archive, and leave me a word. Let me know if you've got an idea for a new show. We're, uh, we're early in the new year and excited to uh, get uh, uh, continued growth in our, our content to you and, and serving your needs and helping you become the leader you really want to be. So with that, I'm going to sign off, say goodbye, go out there, make it a great day. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.